Welcome back to the Call on Our Shot podcast. I'm Austin. I'm joined by Logan. And today we're here with the weekly podcast posted every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to recap week 17, talk about the final week of the regular season in the NFL, talk about the college football playoff and so much more. But first off, we got to say, because it is a new year, happy new year from the Call on Our Shot community. It is 2022, our first podcast of the year. We appreciate all you guys for tuning in. If you are new to the channel, consider clicking that subscribe button. We're on the road to 19,000 subscribers and a real number. But Logan, first of all, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, again, happy new year uh, to everyone at Calling Our Shot, who's been a longtime supporter. I know a lot of you guys uh, go way, way back. And 2022 is going to be a great year for Calling Our Shot. That's that's a not-so-bold hey, uh, prediction. But yeah, no, I'm I'm doing really well. The, the, this year is going to be uh, really exciting. Uh, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Last week we had a lot of growth on the channel, like almost over a thousand subscribers, and we got obviously later tonight we have the Dimers uh, podcast. So or not Dimers podcast, Dimers live stream. So people come out that will be at 6 p.m. Eastern time. If you're watching this after the fact, then hopefully you showed out to the live stream. Um, but we got to talk about last week, dude. Our money line parlay, <laughs> our upset pick. Come on. Yeah, we yeah. both have our upset pick. We'll talk about him in a later bit, but both of us had pretty good, pretty good plus 190-ish winners. You took the Bengals with a big upset. We'll talk about them in a little bit. And I took Absolutely. the Cardinals. I got a lot of hate on TikTok and on, on the comments <laughs> for taking the Cardinals, but cash it. Yeah, how, how about them Cowboys? See, that's why you can't trust them. Good, good <laughs> great pick on the Cardinals. That, that, yeah, that great pick good. on your behalf for the Bengals, but we got a lot to talk to. As for myself, I'm perfect. 2022 feeling a little bit better last week was an absolute mess of an episode and you know, i was yeah. a little bit under the weather um but we're ready to go and uh i'm excited for this one so without further ado let's hop into our week 17 takeaways and i'll give you i'll let you start off start it off <laughs> so i absolutely have to give a big shout out to the cincinnati Bengals because not only did they cash my upset they, they put the rest of the league on notice this week it's it's a not so bold prediction to say the Bengals could be a team to be reckoned with five ten years from now. Do they not remind you that the Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase connection reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams? I said this like week two or week th- week three, maybe when J- when uh, Jamar Chase was bursting on the scene. I said that's who he reminds me of, and it's coming to fruition now. I mean, anybody that that had Jamar Chase on their fantasy team, g- good job for you. Good enjoy the fifty plus. Uh, fantasy points but this Bengals offense is deadly and I think I think it, it just gets overlooked a lot because yes they're they're in Cincinnati Ohio right not not a huge market not not talked about enough but they can compete with the best teams look at what they did to the to the Kansas City Chiefs you know what I I kind of lost the faith in the Bengals I'm like oh getting in a shootout with the Chiefs giving up 30 points to the Chiefs that's it's not going to get 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 the job done but ne- nevertheless that offense uh stepped up it was extremely impressive yeah i mean it's crazy to think about you know you think back to what i mean let's talk about like 20 weeks ago uh, jamar chase in the preseason everyone was like yeah this guy can't catch this guy's terrible this was a guy's a bust already and then you look at him he's broken so many rookie receiving record just past his his ex-teammate justin jefferson at lsu i mean jamar chase has been one of the ridiculous stories i'm curious you know and you're right. His, his their kind of connection is very, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams esque. Obviously, not to that level because those guys have been doing it for so long. But yeah, yeah, the Bengals. You got to be if you're one a Bengals fan, you got to be excited. I mean, I'm sure you already were excited prior to this game at all. I mean, you've seen Joe Burrow look like a franchise quarterback. Something that team struggled to find, but number one overall pick looking really good. But then this week was just that icing on top. You're winning the AFC North too. 
you know, shout out to the Bengals, man. One of the most fun teams to watch. And I'm excited to watch them in the postseason. Obviously, they already clinched the AFC North. And they'll likely be probably the four seed, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Or the I believe they'll be the three seed because I think they'll be above the Patriots and the and the, and the Bills. But assuming they win this weekend. But we'll talk about that game in a little bit. But man, 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 what about the Bengals? But I'm I'm you took an optimistic approach. I'll take a little bit of a pessimistic approach because the team I'm concerned about is sound the alarm because it's the Los Angeles Rams. And I think they're really in trouble. Now, you could say the same thing about the Bucks, but really this Rams team has struggled. And it's not necessarily everyone struggling on the team. The defense has played pretty well. It's Matthew Stafford. He's thrown five interceptions the past two weeks. And if you look at him, he really has not thrown played very well on the road. And they're going to have to play on the road this postseason, probably going to Lambeau. And who knows where else they might have to go play. But they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl without playing at least some games on the road. Now, granted, they do get the Super Bowl in home, at home, at their home field. So that's a benefit. But the Rams, really, that offense has been struggling. It's like it's Cooper Cup or Sony Michelle's played well. Got a shout out him. But Offense has really struggled the past couple weeks, barely squeaking by a couple teams. They beat the Ravens, who were down, obviously, Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley probably get paid this offseason. I'm curious where he goes, but I'm a little bit concerned about the Rams. I really just don't know how I feel a lot about this team. They really have a lot more holes, I think, than leads that leads to be seen by a 12-4 and team this late into the season. But I'm a little bit concerned. What do you think about the Rams? Uh, everyone said Jared Goff was the problem, right? Everyone was just like plug and play Matt Stafford in there and, and everything's going to be fixed. Now, of course, I'm, I'm obviously, you know, kind of joking with that. But at the end of the day, Matt Stafford just needs to realize that he's not in Detroit anymore. The Ryan, the McVay offense doesn't need you to be hero ball. And I feel like Matt Stafford's forcing a lot of plays. He's trying to be hero ball. Uh, just, just do some check down, simple check downs to Cooper cup. Just don't, you don't need to take those deep shots to Van Jefferson. No, those are the big chunk plays and the explosive plays that, that a lot of offenses are, but you got to realize, you know, it's, it's a system type of thing. That's what you were saying. The Rams are one of those offenses that you look at identity crisis a little bit because you, you have Sony Michelle who obviously wasn't their first choice at running back. They got, they acquired him and they're kind of like, all right, well, he's our running back now. He's been he's been exceeding expectations, I have to say. But I, I mean, you're, you're you're totally right. Matt Stafford cannot turn the ball over like that, especially in playoff time, right? The, you know these these games turnovers are are just killers, and the Rams are are in a lot of these close games because Matt Stafford's given their their opponent a short field to work with. And like you saw in the Ravens game, I mean, you you keep a bad Baltimore team in it for so long because you're just being careless uh, with the ball. Yeah, you know, I'm not ready to say they have no chance of winning the Super Bowl because honestly, at the rate that we've seen the NFC, besides the Packers who are looking like an absolute wagon, I think it's wide open. I mean, you think about the Buccaneers now down Antonio Brown. We don't need to talk about that. (laughs) Obviously down Chris Godwin. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then you got the Cowboys are the next team up, and I just I don't trust that team a whole lot. So not necessarily here to say, you know, the the Rams are screwed. They have no chance of winning the Super Bowl. But we will give some dark horse Super Bowl picks in a little bit. But I don't know. It's just that, yeah, you're right. Stafford, he just needs to stop playing hero ball. And then, I mean, we've seen this Rams team succeed in the past. And I, I'd argue this Rams team is as talented as those teams, especially on the defensive end. But this team's made the Super Bowl in the past, and it was with Jared Goff. And it's not like Jared Goff was yeah. throwing for 500 yards and five touchdowns. He was just, you know, dinking and dunking down the field. And yeah. well, I think we can all agree Stafford's probably better than Jared Goff, but he doesn't need to act like and show every single play. Hey, I'm better than Jared Goff. Let me look at this play sidearm slinging it like that's just not gonna how you win a Super Bowl you look at how good the Packers are it's because Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over what four interceptions on the year and two of them came in week one 
So I'm a little bit concerned about the Rams, but I, I mean, I, like I said, the NFC is kind of wide open in my opinion. So you could argue about the AFC, but let's move on and let's talk about some college football playoff talk. Now, obviously you had your video and you yep. took, uh, you took the Cincinnati uh, Bearcats, which not your fault. Their offense is uh, put out an APB. <laughs> I don't know what the heck was wrong with that. Yeah, Desmond Ritter, one of his, I'm sure Desmond Ritter is struggling to sleep at night because that was a terrible game by him and that offense, but the defense stepped up. And then you obviously took the Michigan or you took Georgia and they absolutely wiped the floor with Michigan. So now yeah. we're on to this. So I want to see here your takeaways. Then we'll talk about the, the championship game in a second. Yeah. So first of all, I do want to you know talk about the Cincinnati game. That game was very frustrating if you if you were like me and took Cincinnati with the points because their offense just would show a little bit of sign of life and then they get sacked and it'd be third and 24. And you'd just be like, oh, man, it was it was just a, a brutal outcome because Alabama didn't didn't exactly show out in the ways that that a lot of people expected everyone was like oh it's Alabama 35 nothing well that's not exactly how the game played out I thought Cincinnati had lots of opportunities which is pretty much what you ask for to cover that 14 point spread you just want opportunities they were there and unfortunately they didn't capitalize credit to Alabama and their defense though that's why that's why Alabama is a, a, a powerhouse every year because not only do they have the the offensive talent with with Bryce Young who's playing amazing they also have the defensive talent. You know, they just rotate DBs in there and their next, their first round picks the next year. It's, it's ridiculous. But on the other, in the other game though, Georgia did exactly what I thought was going to happen. I, I, I knew Michigan was a fraud. I told, I told you, if you watched my video, I told you that, that they weren't hungry. And in college football, the hungry team is the one that wins. And you know what? Georgia is on a mission. They want that rematch versus Alabama. And they were going to let a Michigan team stand in their way with an overrated Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, I said it. My not so hot take is that Aiden Hutchinson is overrated. But I mean, tr- truthfully, that, that Michigan team was just not not prepared. Jim Harbaugh is still a fraud of a coach. He had a good season, but I, I think that's more of a fluke. Um, but yeah, credit to Georgia. Cre- Georgia did exactly what I thought they were going to do. And now we have a great rematch. And uh, I'm excited to hear uh, some of your takeaways as well. Yeah, you're you're right. And I was a little bit disappointed in Cincinnati. We'll move on to the Georgia-Alabama game in a second. I was disappointed in Cincinnati, not because, you know, they lost. That, I mean, I think it was assumed that they might lose. I thought they had a chance, but it's more so the way they lost because, yeah, the, the, the defense looked good. I'm glad Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant the legend, um, they both showed, showed out. I mean, they showed that they're probably the best tandem cornerbacks uh, in the league, in the college football but yeah, it's just that offense that was a little bit disappointing. I'm sure Cincinnati fans that traveled to the game were a little bit disappointed in the showing, but can't be sad. I mean, it's a silver lining. It's one of the best seasons, probably the best season they've ever had as a program. Mm-hmm. So you made it to the college football playoff. You didn't absolutely, you know, get embarrassed, although you didn't score a touchdown. But I've, we've seen bigger blowouts in the first round of the college football playoffs. Notre so, Dame anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Notre, <laughs> Dame, time, just, Notre Dame or Oklahoma, every time <laughs> those two teams slip in the playoffs, they get they get the break speed off of them. So, yeah, credit yeah. credit to Cincy, though. And, you know, the Michigan game wasn't necessarily too much of a surprise. My sister and dad both traveled to that game. Kind of warned them, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, this might be a beat town. Georgia is hungry. So let's move on and let's talk yeah. about the next game because it's Georgia versus Alabama, a rematch of the SEC championship. Yeah. Obviously, we won't ask you for a pick because your video, I would imagine, will be out late Sunday night when my normal Monday night football video goes out. But yeah, I want you to give a quick takeaway and then I'll give my official pick because why not? Man, it's 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 really it's really tough to talk about this game without giving my game pick. But I just want to say that Georgia is a, is a team of destiny. They slipped up versus Alabama in the SEC championship. They thought they were invincible. 
Alabama came and humbled them. That's what happens. You see a lot of a lot of times in college football. These teams need humbling. You know, you, you're just rolling over the SEC and non-conference opponents, and then you face the big dogs, Alabama, and Alabama puts them back in their place. I feel like you're going to have a lot of people trust in Alabama, trust in Nick Saban, never bet against Nick Saban. You're going to have that sort of you're attitude. An yeah, exactly. As an underdog, which which is you know, in the original SEC championship, I did pick Alabama because I'm like I'm like I don't think Georgia's ready for this moment. I think Georgia is ready for this moment. Truthfully, you know, Stetson Bennett doesn't have to play amazing, especially with that that defense just led by all pros. I mean, it's 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 going to really create a great narrative, though, if Georgia can stop Bryce Young in the ways that they couldn't in the SEC championship. You saw Bryce Young being able to Im- improvise, get those explosive plays. You know, what do I always talk about in my in my videos, though? I talk about those explosive plays, the yards per play. Georgia's like top three and limiting it and Alabama's like top 10 in the offensive explosive plays. That's going to be something to watch for, for sure. I, I, am really excited uh, to watch and I, I wonder which way you're leaning. Yeah. I mean, you look at last week, Cincinnati had a blueprint. They made Bryce Young. He was, he didn't look like Bryce Young, the Heisman winner. They, they made him uncomfortable, limited a lot of those big plays. Maybe it was due to Mechie being out and Mechie will event again, be out today. And you think about to that first matchup. Well, in the SEC championship, Mechie played a big role. And it really that you saw if you watch the the um Alabama, or the Alabama versus Cincinnati game, they were had Jamison Williams playing in the Mechie role, which was very weird because you know you think Jamison Williams he averages like over 20 yards a catch. He's it's one of the most explosive guys. He'll be a future, he'll be playing on Sundays in a couple years. Sure. But you think about it, he was playing into that Mechie role, and I think that was really limiting that offense. So I'm curious if they switch him back to that. You know, that long guy that goes deep, makes explosive plays. But you're right. I do think I do think Georgia's got a chance here. I mean, this is a team that they didn't want to dump a Gatorade bath on Kirby Smart. You saw Kirby Smart yelling at Stetson Bennett at halftime saying he mismanaged the clock. They were up like 27 to 3 at that moment. So I think yeah. Georgia has a good chance here. I know a lot of people are going to be like, Alabama? Under, Nick Saban underdog? Hammer, hammer, hammer. Yeah. And I'm just saying not so fast. I think this Michigan team we've seen – or not Michigan. It's, this Georgia team is really – going to step up here i mean the line movement has already indicated that it was a one and a half point opening now up to three points I'm saying i think georgia's got a good chance that's who i'll be rooting for uh on mo- next monday i think it's going to be a great game and it's arguably i mean you've got to argue these are pro- easily the two top teams in the in, in the college football so i'm happy to see them match up again but i'll probably lean with the yeah. bulldogs in this one yeah no i all the points that you hit on were valid and I think that's that's why I mean the line movement is indicative of you know some you know confidence in Georgia to get them back. It's very hard in football to be a team twice in a season. I mean, it, truthfully, it's it's you know, and especially in college football, teams make adjustments. Kirby Smart's a good enough te- uh, coach to make those adjustments. I do trust him. You know, he's a he's a Nick Saban disciple, and you know everyone knows Nick Saban's record against his former coaches. But that being said. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really hard uh, to not have confidence and optimism yeah. in Georgia. Very rarely. I mean, you think about that Nick Saban record. Yes, he does have, you know, a great record against his ex-coaches. But very rarely does he go up against a team that's actually better than his own or more talented yeah. than his own or at least equally talented. And you're right. This Georgia defense is I'm curious when it's all said and done in five years, how many first round picks this team will have exactly. on their roster because yes. it's going to be in the double digits guaranteed. Yeah, so of course. that's exciting. We'll be looking forward to your video on Sunday night. So definitely stay tuned for that and you'll see your official pick. What's your 
what, two and one? You're up a couple of units after the two-unit winner yeah. with UCF. So you've been on a roll. rolling. <laughs> yeah, let's keep this rolling. Now, let's move on to some questions from you guys. We start with the first one on Twitter, and I do, all, do this always every Tuesday. I ask you guys for questions. If you ever want to ask any questions, leave them down below in the comments. We'll answer them next week. This one's from Steven. He asked for one Dark Horse Super Bowl pick. And I'm going I'm to let you lead the way because you kind of already hyped up this team. Why not hype them up once more? Yeah, you know what? You know what? Fine. This this podcast serves as like a like a you know a, a bandwagon central, right? I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. They're a cat. Well, a Bengals a cat too, right? So I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and transfer my fandom uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, look, I mean, truthfully, truthfully, what's not to like about the Bengals? They have the offense that can go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes and win. I mean, that's that that's a, a box check. They have a defense that can step up, right? They're not a perfect defense. They're not a top 10 defense in the league by any stretch. But they they, they play big in big moments. They got a lot of young, hungry players. You look up and down that, that offense and defense, and you're just like, you're like, a lot of these players are, are, are players that, you know, four or five years from now, they're going to be more household names, like, like the Jesse Bates. Like, those types of players, you know, they might not be household names, but don't sleep on the Cincinnati Bengals. They're an incredible value uh, to win the Super Bowl, right? What'd you say? Like plus in the plus yeah, 2000. Plus 2000. Yeah. So, so incredible value for a team in the NFL. What, what, what's it about? It's about getting hot at the right time. The Cincinnati Bengals had an up and down season, but they're getting hot at the right time. I'm going to ride with the Bengals as my dark horse Super Bowl pick. And is it dark horse? I'd say so. So I'm riding with it. You know, absolutely a great pick. I love the Bengals. We've already talked about them enough on the podcast. And, you know, they deserve a lot more love than probably we're even giving them. And I'm sure a lot of other talk shows are giving them love. And you're right, this team, and you talk about Joey Joey Burrow, he always steps up when the moments is the brightest. So hopefully, I I believe his injury at the end of the game is perfectly fine. So hopefully he's good to go. But, yeah, you're right, Joe Burrow always there when the moments are bright. And he always shows up and shows out like he did in the national championship game a couple years back for LSU. I love the Bengals. Now, I got an interesting value pick for you. Not as great value as plus 2,000, but it's going to be a team that they might have to run into in the Tennessee Titans at plus 1,200 to win the Super Bowl. Now, I understand Ryan Tannehill is not the guy that I love trusting. Um, if the clock's on the line, the fate of the universe, the death beam's looking at you, it's not necessarily <laughs> Ryan Tannehill that I want to say. Go get him, Tiger. Um, but I want but, Tannehill. <laughs> I want Tannehill. Um, and that would fit, honestly, that that quote exactly from uh, Max Kellerman. But I think the Tennessee <laughs> Titans have a chance here, and here's why. One, they're probably going to be the number one seed in the in the AFC. And we look at the AFC; it's kind of wide open. You got the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, check they already beat them. You got the Buffalo Bills. Check they already beat them. I don't know if they played the Bengals or not, but. So you look at the the AFC kind of wide open, and you normally want to go to a team that's going to get home field advantage likely the whole entire postseason as they're one get win away from clinching that. And that's something that you really need to see out of a team. And you look at the Titans. Could we be getting Derrick Henry back, the king? I don't know. I'm not going to necessarily bank on it, but the guys that have filled in for him, Deontay Foreman, or Foreman, Dontrell Hilliard, I believe are both their names. They both stepped up and played pretty well. A.J. Brown's back. Um, looking pretty good. And Ryan Tannehill, despite being you know, very up and down, he still is a serviceable quarterback. It's not like we're asking him to throw six touchdowns. Where you look at their defense, pretty good. One of the best in the league at stopping the run. And they got Mike Vrabel, one of the better coaches, more underrated coaches in the NFL. So I love the Tennessee Titans. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? Probably not. But for value sake, plus 1,200 odds for the number one seed, probably in the AFC. I think it's too good to pass up. They should have a first round bye too. And who knows? I mean, can you just imagine the hype where... And you just see 
first round bye, and then you see active Derrick Henry on Sunday. Yeah, that would be Saturday, crazy. whenever they play their first game, be unreal. The crowd will go absolutely nuts if Derrick Henry returns for this game. And I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I have no idea his injury status because he's been out for, I believe, nine weeks so far. But I'm just saying, man, wouldn't it be a story to see Derrick Henry just come back and lead him through the postseason? I'm all in, and I'm riding with the t- Tennessee Titans. All right. What, what we like about the Tennessee Titans, we love Rabel. We love Derrick Henry when he's healthy. What don't we like about the Tennessee Titans? Well, we don't have to say this. <laughs> what we don't like is when they have to play catch-up. And Ryan Tannehill, I don't want Ryan Tannehill. Well, there you go. I said it. I, I flat out said it. I, what did yeah, I do to you? Yeah, he's, you know what? Ryan Tannehill just doesn't have the it factor. He doesn't have the clutch gene. I, when, when I need three points or, or, or whatnot in the playoffs – I'm not putting any stock in Ryan Tannehill. I think, you know what? I think if you're picking Titans, you're just you're you're letting your money ride on the fact that they get Derrick Henry back because truthfully, that's how I see it, it playing out. If if they're going to make any sort of run, they need King Henry because you know Foreman has been a good fill-in, but you know what? He's really prone to fumbling. I I don't know how many Titans games you've watched, but uh, he loses a, a, the the football at least once a game that I've been watching, and it's so it's it's been. It's been shaky, and like I said, if they're just in that in that trailing role, like if they if they have a bad matchup against Bengals, against Chiefs, these higher powered offenses, they could be in trouble. Yeah, I I t- totally get the point. Um, I I have no counterpoint to this. Uh, I'm just gonna ride with the Titans for value's sake because I think yes. you know if we can get Derrick Henry back, they really have do have a chance. We've seen them succeed in the postseason in the past. It's not like they're. They're completely foreign to it. They're, they do have playoff success. And Mike Rabel, one of the better coaches. And I think this defense can keep them end games. And sure, do we want them playing from behind by two plus touchdowns? No, absolutely not. But I think they might be able to avoid those deficits if they got every single game at home. I think it'd just be a cool story to see the Titans. But sure. they do have a lot on their injury ra- radar. We don't know if Julio Jones will be back. We don't know wow. Derek Henry. So a lot of question marks really to be solved over the next two weeks. That's true. Yeah. No, they 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 need Julio back. To be honest, they 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 just need that role filled. And R.I.P. Julio because he he just cannot stay healthy. And you know, we yeah, wish it's a tragic, but yeah, you're right. We need Julio back. But let's move on to the second question. It is from Football Culture on Twitter, and he asked, "Who's our favorite NFL player of all time?" I'm going to lead this one off because this is a yeah. man that needs <laughs> no introduction. He is a transformer. His name is Megatron, and his name is <laughs> yes. Calvin Johnson. And, you know, as a as, as some people out there know, I grew up outside of Atlanta, so I was very close to the Georgia Tech campus, and my, Megatron went to Georgia Tech, got to watch him the majority of his career, and he was one of those, you know, icons growing up, because I was young, you know, we, we were, we, that's right around the time when we started watching football, actually learning, you know, oh, these are players' names, oh, we're playing fantasy football kind of nonsense, and Megatron was arguably the best in the game. You can just, I get nostalgia just going on to Twitter, onto YouTube and just seeing Megatron highlights. I mean, you just see him just going up over three people, just absolutely awesome people. The guy was a legend. He was a freak. He retired way too soon. That, that day still gives me tears. Um, but I think he's a future Hall of Famer. I don't know if that's uh, on the radar, but hopefully he makes the Hall of Fame. I think he will. And yet, it, maybe he already did. I don't really remember. But um, Calvin Johnson gone too soon in terms of retiring from the NFL. Not his fault that he played for the Lions. Wish he stayed yeah. longer. But man, 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 I love Megatron. And it's it. Uh, I have no other words can't describe. If you never got to watch Calvin Johnson play, just go look up his highlights. You all understand how much of a freak that is. And it feels fitting as Cooper Cup approaches his record for the most receiving yards of all time. Maybe Cooper Cup passes him this weekend. Granted, it was a 17-game slate. But man, I love Calvin Johnson. 
Yes, uh, Calvin Johnson is a Hall of Famer. I, I don't I don't know if you remember. He was recently inducted. So that's what I thought. It, I just couldn't remember it, off the top of my head. But I, I yeah, was like, I it, imagine. I thought. I swear, I saw him in a yellow jacket. It's it's so fitting that you picked Megatron because to be honest, Calvin Johnson was one of the most fun players of of our growing up. I mean, everyone wanted to to you know emulate just chucking up a ball to, to Calvin. Calvin's out there somewhere. That's what Stafford. He was that's the original Stafford. OG of that meme. Yes, exactly. It, Cal, Calvin Johnson. To be fair, when I when when we we were asked this question, he's the one that kind of came to mind for me. And I'm I'm glad you picked him because you're 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 the one with the dang Calvin Johnson jersey. But my my second is a, is another player that kind of played in that era, and it's like it's it's one of those those players that might have you going, what? Oh yeah, Wes Welker. Now here here's here's a guy uh, emulating Chris Collinsworth. Now here's a guy. <laughs> Wes Welker is just so so scrappy, and he he just he did everything. He was the original Julian Edelman. He was the original Cooper Cup. He was the original Hunter Renfro. Yeah, there's there you know there there's a there's a uh, similarity between all those players. But truthfully, Wes Welker w- was one of those players that I just looked at him and I'm like, hey, he's kind of got my build. Like as a, as a guy that's, that's that's under under six foot, he's I'm like, if Wes Welker can do it. I can do it too, but truthfully, he was he was so fun to, to to watch. He was just you know I wasn't a New England Patriots fan, but I was a Wes Welker fan for sure. Uh, obviously, being Brady's security blanket, and then he finished his you know career up, you know with Peyton Manning and in, in Denver. That was that was fun. It was it's it's really fun to see Wes Welker uh, as one of those just all around great football players when he was a returner. See, a lot of people don't know his, his origin story. He, he started out as, you know, a return guy. He even kicked for the Miami Dolphins. People don't know that. Yes. He was a substitute kicker and kicked, uh, you know, a, probably an extra point, I think for, for the Dolphins. It was, it, he's just one of those players that if you get to know Wes Welker a lot, you know, better, his, his story is really cool. And yeah, he's just, he, he was one of those players that in fantasy football too, growing up, you wanted to have him on on those PPR teams, right? You, of course, the Calvin Johnson; those were the obvious ones. But it was the Wes Welkers that that won won a lot of people championships. Yeah, I'm looking at his stats, and this was his uh, six year run. He had 112, 111, 123, 86, 122, and 118 uh, reception yeah. in his final six seasons with the Patriots. <clears throat> Jeez, exactly. that is ridiculous. And you're right; he's kind of paved the way for a lot of those you know, younger guys. And I imagine guys yeah. like Cooper cup and guys like Hunter Renfro watched uh, Wes Walker growing up. I mean, they're, they're about the same oh, age as us in terms of, uh, you know, when they started watching football and yeah, you're right. Wes Walker was one of the most fun guys to watch a guy that wasn't running a, you know, a deep routes, but he was running those squirrel routes, those short ends, those short slots, uh, you know, yeah. slants. He was awesome. And, but as awesome as he was, I hated watching him as a Jets fan growing <laughs> up. Cause you were just like, well, he's wide open again. And you just had to shake your head and you're like, well, what can you do? That's just the yeah. Tom Brady to Wes Walker. I've seen this story a hundred times as he has caught over a hundred passes. And it's just like, you know, whatever. But I love the yeah. pick. Um, and I know you loved Wes Walker. It's it, Wes Walker really did kind of, to me, you know, it, it, the modern day slot position can it is a lot, you know, and due to players like Wes Walker, you know, even Julian Edelman, like the, if you look at the, the slot receiver and, and nowadays you're like, wow, it, it's, it's come a long way since then, you know, even, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown ha- has had a great, great, you know, season too, playing primarily in the, in the slot. And, and I just, I, I think, you know, seeing what Wes Welker did back then and seeing the players nowadays do it, 
it's 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 like the super slot position and it, it's it is really cool and the running the fearless routes i mean if, if you've ever played football running across the middle knowing a linebacker can take off your head it, that takes a lot of confidence it, it takes it takes a lot of you know just mental strength and Wes Boker had that he wasn't scared to get decapitated what was he like five nine i think he was like five nine five ten at the most five, and, nine, 185 yeah, see, 5'9", 185, again, giving us all, all those short kings out there. Uh, hope that maybe one day we could play in the uh, in the league. So Yeah, um, I'm curious, do you have a second guy that comes to mind? Because I have a guy. And I, I guess I'll yeah. go with mine as you think about yours. I have to give him an yeah. honorable mention. Um, David Johnson, you know I love him. Um, he's still playing, obviously, but still got to give him – he's an OG – and I really loved him with the Arizona Cardinals. One of the most humble, down-to-earth kind of guys. And not a lot of people you see as, you know, as open to the fans and as open to fantasy football as David Johnson. And just while his, you know, his career has kind of been cut short due to injuries. And, you know, he's still serviceable running back in the NFL. But, man, he was super dominant for the Arizona Cardinals in those days with Carson Palmer. And so I really loved him. Don't have his jersey, but I got to give him some love because he was one of my favorite players. And he still is. And I just hope, you know. Maybe he has one more, you know, resurgent game that we see throughout his career. But got to give David Johnson a little bit of love. Yeah, I, I know, I know you love you some David Johnson. No, my my honorable mention, and honestly, one of the re- reasons why I became a Carolina Panthers fan way back when, uh, Steve Smith, the you know, ice up son. Steve Smith is one of those players that also comes to mind every time I'm watching Carolina Panthers football. I'm like. I kill for some Steve Smith right now. So, I mean, truthfully, you know, Steve Smith is one of those players that I, I enjoyed watching. Uh, you know, I, you, you hated to see him on the Ravens to finish up his career. That pissed me off. But, I mean, I, I loved when he was a Carolina Panther. He was he was so fun to watch. He was so, he was so scrappy and, and gritty. He would get up in the opponent's face always talking trash. I love receivers that aren't divas. Steve Smith was the exact opposite of a diva. He was he was the gritty, I'll put my my – you know, every ounce of sweat uh, for the team. Uh, and that, that that's what he did. He was, the, he's kind of the opposite. He was like the, the more of the, you know, antithesis of the modern day NFL, you know, diva receiver. That that wasn't Steve Smith. Um, another guy that comes to mind, and then we'll move on and start talking about our week 18 upset picks. And I know a lot of people probably don't like this guy, maybe due to his off the field antics, but Michael Vick, um, if you're talking about one of the most exciting people to watch play football, That'd be yeah. Michael Vick. His highlights are ridiculous. And like I said, I grew up outside of Atlanta. So I got to watch Michael Vick grow, you know, become the starting quarterback for that team. Although I don't remember 100% all of every single game. But talk about his highlights and just him. You're just watching him suit up on every Sunday and just making people look like fools out there. Um, it was ridiculous. And so I know he's like we. a lot of people nowadays, you know, have the Lamar Jacksons of the world. But Michael Vick was the true OG of the you know, athletic quarterback that just made people miss and was just fast as heck coming out of the backfield. And so uh, it, the things he could do with the football were ridiculous. And yeah. you know, obviously did some off the field things. We won't talk about those, but big fan of Michael Vick over here. Yeah. And, and, and for all those people playing Madden out there, yeah, I mean, he's the OG scrambling quarterback. I mean, he changed, he changed a lot of how quarterbacks were perceived and yeah, not just throwers, but also runners of the ball. I mean, there's, there's quarterbacks that did come before him, but not, you know, with the athleticism that Michael Vick did have. Exactly. So let's, without further ado, let's get into week 18. We're going to talk about the Saturday night games. We're going to talk about the Sunday night games. We're going to talk about a bunch more, but of course we lead it off with some upset picks. And so, like we said last week, 
cash, cash, cash. We swept our picks <laughs> the first time in a couple weeks that we had swept. But, you know, we're normally consistently cashing at least one of ours. So we're going for back-to-back. And spoiler alert, you might see this parlay in our uh, parlays and player props video on Saturday. But, Logan, I'm going to let you kick this one off. Last week you picked the Bengals, and I want you to see who you got this week. Okay, so you 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 didn't give me the introduction I needed. I have cashed an upset pick, and not one, not two, three weeks in a row I have cashed the upset pick. Let's make it four this week, and I'm right with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, yeah, Pete, longtime viewers know that I I, have, I do live in Philadelphia, and I have a pretty good pulse in the city. I think the Eagles are, are poised for an upset plus 250 value at home versus the overrated I don't trust them 1% Dallas Cowboys. The, the Cowboys are exactly, you know, what a first-round exit of a team looks like. And I and the the Eagles are going to be playing scrappy. I mean, they're they're at home. They're they're they're, they're they have they have what the Cowboys don't have and that's always that sense of urgency. I love what Jalen Hurts has been doing. And and as far as the Dallas Cowboys go, look, Kellen Moore, I I think I might have talked about it last episode. I don't trust Kellen Moore leading that uh, calling that offense one bit they they abandoned the run too early they try to get too cute with Dak Prescott what it finally caught up to them against the Cardinals I'm, I'm very happy the Cardinals won that game because truthfully the, the Dallas Cowboys did not deserve to win that game and I don't think they're going to go to drought travel to Philadelphia and get an easy win I'm I'm just asking for a chance Eagles and I think at plus 250 value this could be a one possession game with the chance for Jalen Hurts to go uh cement his legacy and 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 take that next step I love the pick, and you're right. That's great value, and I look at the Cowboys' record, and we'll probably talk about them in a second, and maybe I'll give you my official takeaway on this game. Cowboys are 5-0 and in their division, so going for the division sweep, but outside of the division, they're 6-5. and So this isn't a team that you know necessarily is you know winning a ton of games. They're really just a very average team. They just are beating up yeah. on their division, which isn't you know the strongest division in the league. But they got the Eagles, which is probably the second best team in this division, and it's not even close. And Eagles have really been playing well, haven't lost a game since December. or I don't even think they lost in all of December. So really getting it going. And I wish the Eagles lost last week. Sadly, they ruined my money line parlay. But I love the pick. Jalen Hurts really playing well. And I think a lot of Eagles fans are, you know, they're excited for this game. They're always excited to see the Cowboys come into town and just harass the heck out of them. But I'm going to pick a team that is not not a – might not have as much value on them, but it's plus 135. And you might be thinking, Austin, when I say this pick, you're going to be like, Austin, you are out of your mind. And I understand the Cleveland Browns. We're taking them. <laughs> plus 135. They're taking on the Bengals. I understand. Bengals, super hot. One of the hottest teams in the NFL. But here we are. The Browns are only three-point underdogs. They're at home. Tell me what makes sense about that line. This Browns team stinks. And you know what we got rid of? Baker Mayfield. We no longer have him starting for this Cleveland Browns team. And that's addition by subtraction because he has absolutely stunk. He's what's been selling the team. And it's not his fault he's injured, but you got a quarterback back there. Probably Case Keenum will likely start. What Case Keenum doesn't do is he doesn't turn the ball over. And that's what's been really sabotaging this team. Who knows how much the Bengals are going to be playing for. They already won the AFC North. Don't really have a lot to play for in terms of moving up in the in the AFC uh, title division, like the, t- the playoff standing. So I think they got a good chance of winning this one outright. The Browns is plus 135. I'm just saying, you know, the, the dog pound, they're back in there at home. And it's just, it's a tough game for the Browns. They really have struggled all season, but they want to at least end the season strong. And you got Miles Garrett obviously still there. And all these guys will probably be playing for their next contract for in the offseason. It's not like they're going to just fold over and just not try at all. They still tried against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They just had too much going against them. Baker Mayfield throwing two picks. And yeah, it ain't going to happen. I think they'll get back to the Nick Chubb ground game. I think the Browns got a chance. Although I do love the Bengals. We already hyped up the Bengals enough. 
you're losing this week, buddy. Yeah, I mean, okay, look, look at this one. This is a line that just tr- truly doesn't make sense. If you're picking this pick solely on line reading, I'm with you because I'm just I'm just gonna say this is probably one of those everyone and their mothers on Bengals, and then the Browns end up winning outright. I could see it. Yes, we, we you know we talked about these sort of narratives before, and truthfully, Baker Mayfield is is an atrocity to that team. He's he's straight up he's straight up takes them out of ball games. I think at one point, correct me if I'm wrong. I I think I heard a stat that he was he in. Uh, 10 of it, 10 straight passes were thrown incomplete. I mean, that, that's as an NFL quarterback. Is that bad? Do, yeah, no, that, that ain't good. Like, how how can you sell your team so badly like that? They, they, they just have to get back to basics if the Browns are going to go ahead and win this game. And I do think they do. It's it's also, you know, worth noting, like you said, the narrative thing about the Bengals. Are the Bengals playing as hungry and, and as desperate as they were against the Chiefs? Probably not. And And with that being said, could Cleveland get a sneaky win in there? Absolutely. Case Keenum being that man, game manager type quarterback, hopefully not going to, you know, completely sell the pick. I do like it. I'm, I, you know, I don't love the Browns. Don't love Baker Mayfield, but I, I do I don't like either. the pick. I don't either. You know, if you've listened to the podcast all, we're now in the 18th episode, but yeah, yeah. you know, I've been, had a, had a love hate relationship with the Browns. I try to get them on their bad days and I normally get them on the good days, vice versa, but getting a good pulse on this team. And I think they're coming out for a spicy victory this weekend. I just it's just a feeling I've got. I'm going for back to back. You obviously are the king of back to back to back. So maybe you can show spread a little love over here. But I like All the right, Browns yeah. this weekend. Plus 135. Maybe you'll see them again in the parlays and player props, money line parlay. Either way, let's it's gonna it. be exciting. So let's uh let's get through Saturday night football because we kind of already talked about the one of the games on the slate, Cowboys versus Eagles. I'll give you my official takeaway. I mean, you obviously picked the the Eagles with the upset pick. And I love the pick. I think the Eagles should be able to cover this. It's a lot of points to be given. The Eagles, a team that's, you know, has one of the better defenses in the league, very underrated defense. And you look at the Cowboys. I like I already I picked against them outright last week with the Cardinals. Thought they were a little bit overrated. And I just don't think the, the Eagles are going to fold up like they might you might think they will do um, in their own home stadium. This is a team, they've already clinched a playoff berth, probably don't have a lot to necessarily you know move up in the playoffs rankings. They're probably going to be the number seven seed, most likely maybe the number six seed, but Still, I like what they got, and I'm going to ride with the Eagles. So you don't need to offer anything else. You already kind of talked about it. Let's move on to the other game, the Chiefs versus the Broncos. We have two teams. Broncos already eliminated. The Chiefs still fighting for playoff seeding, but they're coming off a bad loss to the Bengals. What is your takeaway for this one? I believe the Chiefs uh, are on the road as well. Yeah, no, I, I know it's in Mile High Stadium, which is the only reason that I'd be tempted uh, to take you know, Broncos plus 10. That's a lot of points, uh, truthfully, to cover on the road, and especially in a, an environment like Denver. But I won't be the fool that picks against the Chiefs and, and see the Broncos lose by three touchdowns. I'm not going to do that. So I, I will take the Chiefs minus 10. It could be, you know, the chalk play. But, you know, sometimes, you know, it it, it is just kind of how it seems. The, the Chiefs are flat out the, the lot better team. I feel like they're going to want to round into, into shape, you know, come playoff time. This is, this is going to be a, a Chiefs statement win against a divisional opponent. Normally, in my philosophy in these divisional games is I take, you know, I take the team with points because I'm like, oh, they'll keep it close. Uh, nothing about Denver tells me that they're going to keep it close besides the fact that they are playing at home. The, the Kansas City's defense will get back on track. Uh, you know, not a great showing versus Cincinnati, but this is a get right game uh, for them. Yeah, I agree with you with that. I'm going to ride with the Chiefs as well because this is a Saturday game. And, you know, they're still fighting for that number one seed. God forbid if the Tennessee Titans lose on Saturday or on yeah. Sunday, which they've already lost once to the Texans. Uh, wouldn't be crazy to say they could do it again. 
Um, so I think they're going to roll over the the Broncos. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater's back, but I don't think it really matters because, yeah, you're, this Broncos team absolutely is just not very good. Um, hopefully we'll see what they do in the offseason in terms of, you know, assessing that QB position and see exactly their future. But I think the Broncos – or I think the Chiefs roll over. I'm in this one. Ten points, not enough. I think the Broncos are just – flat out the worst team. And I think the Chiefs will show that in a big bounce back spot after last weekend. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's 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 just hard. If, it, if Drew Locke is playing quarterback, I want any part of him. I, I'll take the Chiefs <laughs> all Fred minus 28 because truthfully, Drew Locke is, is terrible. He's extremely inaccurate and he just throws too many YOLO balls. What's a YOLO ball? Well, uh, uh, I think a receiver's over there. Just close, chuck it up. Close your eyes and throw it. Chuck it up and hope for the best. Drew Locke does that way too many times. They they can't afford – trust me. They they want to get in the shootout with the Chiefs. Yeah, good luck with that. You, you can't afford that. Yeah, it ain't going to happen. So let's talk about one more final game. Maybe we'll talk about a couple other. It's Sunday night football. The Chargers traveling to t- – I got this wrong. This is definitely the Chargers versus the Raiders, so I will fix this. Um, but the Chargers are traveling to Las Vegas to take on yeah. the Raiders. Um, the two-and-a-half-point favorites, and I'm curious your takeaway on this one. Because this, assuming you know, uh, the Colts don't lose the Jaguars, and this would that which if the Colts lose to the Jaguars, these two teams could tie and make the playoffs, both of them. I assume yeah. that's not going to happen. Although maybe the Jaguars do pull off the upset. But what yeah. is your takeaway for this one? Because this will most likely come down to your win and your end. It's a, a early playoff game, if you will. Well, okay. I I kind of want you to go first on this one because that's going to persuade me. Because we can't agree with every pick, so I I need you to go first on this one to okay. make sure. I'm I'm thinking correctly. Chargers. I'm riding with them. Now the Chargers okay. are a team that I do not trust whatsoever. I don't right. trust them to save my life. But this feels like a game that I can trust them more than the Las Vegas Raiders. It's a Sunday night football game. And, you know, the Chargers aren't a team, you know, that you wakes up and say, you know what, that's a really consistent ball club. Nope, that's not what they are. They're absolutely inconsistent. But the same could be said about the Raiders. So I just think it's a Sunday night football game. I think Justin Herbert's a little bit more clutched than Derek Carr and the in the gang. And I just think the Chargers have a little bit more experience in these games, not necessarily Justin Herbert, but in terms of Keenan Allen, you know, he played with Phillip Rivers for so long. I think Austin Eckler's pretty good. And Brandon Staley and the gang will get it going. And you just think about the Raiders, they're always they have so many off the field issues happening every single week, basically, it seems. But I think the Chargers get it done and I'll ride with them minus the points. Yep, you're you're the exact reason why I'm going Raiders in this one. Can't agree with you on every pick. I I just have to go Raiders with the points in this one because <clears throat> they have enough they have enough talent and 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 being at home is is kind of where I, where I find the advantage in here. Look, man, the Chargers are are exactly what you said an up and down ball club. That if I'm seeing that they're gonna get two and a half on uh, that they're laying on two and a half on the road, I'll trust that. I don't I don't trust them one bit. I could see the Raiders easily winning. How how are they gonna win though? Pound the ball with Josh Jacobs, please. Don't make Derek Carr go out and, and throw 50 pass attempts. They do that. They, yes, Chargers should get the easy one. But you know what? This this season, to me, has actually been kind of impressive for the Raiders because, you know, losing losing John Gruden and overcoming that adversity, you know, with, with the Henry, Henry Ruggs incident, this team's got to rally behind each other. I think – Playing at home in this one, home home crowd behind them, they're gonna rally. They're gonna rally behind scrappy players like Hunter Runfro, who I absolutely love. You know, you, you, are they gonna get Darren Waller back potentially? I mean, I, I, yeah, who knows? Darren Waller coming back could, could be uh, what that team needs. Zay Jones stepping up. These are not household names. They're not sexy names like Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler. But guess what? Finesse doesn't always work in football. 
the Raiders are just a little bit of a grittier team, and I don't trust the Chargers defense one bit. That's why I'm going to go ahead and ride Raiders in this one. I can respect the pick. I think we should get a pretty good Sunday night football game in this one. Okay. I just think Chargers, I think they play better when they don't have the crowd on their side. So I'm going to ride with them. <laughs> we'll see exactly how this game goes at the Sunday night football game. So it's an exciting one. We'll see how it goes. Now, yeah. do you have uh, any other takeaways? Do you want, how do you feel about the, uh, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll talk about, how do you feel about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We didn't really talk about them, but do you, yeah. how do you feel about this team going into the playoffs? The Bucs are in trouble, and and they they really are because now you have okay. So so the whole thing with Antonio Brown, it was a great experiment while it was working, but now it's self destructing and and being the 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 nuke that that it wasn't supposed to be, and that Tom Brady and, and Bruce Arians hoped it wouldn't be. Here you go. Now you go with a big distraction on top of losing Chris Godwin, right? It, the Chris Godwin injury wasn't wasn't as as you know severe as it could have been because they had Antonio Brown to kind of step up. Well, now you're asking a lot of young you know, receivers to step up and fill the void that Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin are leaving. I just don't think that's going to be enough. Also, the Bucks' defense kind of got carved up by Zach Wilson a little bit. I'm not even going to lie to you there. Maybe. Yeah, I, don't, I can't trust the defense that gets carved up by the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Zach I cannot trust it. I, I, I simply, I, I think, I think the, the, the Bucks. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna have everybody. Don't bet against Tom Brady, but I I wouldn't bet on Tom Brady. I, I don't. I just don't trust that team as a whole. What What are your thoughts on uh, the Bucks? Um, I'll talk about my Jets first. They lost that game in absolute Jets fashion, going yeah, for a QB true. sneak on fourth and two. Mwah, a chef's kiss <laughs> for a better draft. I love it. I love it. Um, uh, we lost that exactly how I expected to lose. So I'm not even mad. I kind of actually was okay with the loss. Zach Wilson played super well. Happy for it. Um, for this Bucks team, I think this a lot of pressure has now come down to By- Byron Leftwich. Um, we think about the personnel. They still have enough players to get it done. They still have Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, you look at uh, uh, Tom Brady. He's done it with worse at the wide receiver position and his uh, players. And I think they're going to transition into more of like a tight end scheme offense where they pound the rock with Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, um, even Keyshawn Vaughn played pretty well. And Le'Veon Bell of all, of all people. But uh, <laughs> but they got they still have a, ta- a bunch of talented tight ends with OJ Howard and Cameron Bate also there. And I think they're going to turn to that kind of a you know 12 personnel with more tight ends on the field because you can overwhelm teams doing that. And we've seen Tom Brady succeed in the past with, with just using his tight ends more than he uses receivers. But I'm a little bit concerned. Yes, that defense did not look good last week. The team notoriously doesn't play well on the road. Didn't help with the Antonio Brown antics going on. And hopefully he gets the help that he needs. It's not really a funny incident at all. But um, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. Um, we'll see exactly what, what goes down. We think about them. They'll probably finish as the three seed. Uh, so I'd imagine they'll be playing probably the 49ers in the first round. Maybe the Eagles, depending on who wins You know, the final playoff game or the final uh, game to get into the playoffs um, in terms of the wild card. But We'll see. I don't know. I'm a little bit concerned, but was excited to see the guy step up. Tyler Johnson, I think, is a pretty underrated guy, a wide receiver, but you don't really want him as your number two guy. Cyril Grayson, I believe is his name. He stepped up, caught that game-winning touchdown against the Jets, but these aren't guys that you know you normally would think of as you know super great, but we'll see. Tom Brady's done it in the past with worse, and I never am one to bet against him, but I, I, I think the, what's good on their side is, one, there's really not a lot of, uh, you can't say, wow, there, you know, there's so many dominant teams out in the NFC. Really got the Packers, a team they already beat last year in the playoffs. You know, like it or not, like Mike Lafer or Matt Lafleur's call to kick the field goal instead of going for it on fourth. But still, they beat that team in Lambeau Field, and they'll actually get a home game this season. So 
this postseason. So I'm a little bit concerned for him, though. I mean, if I was a Bucks fan, I wouldn't be saying, you know what, we got this in the bag. But I think they still got a chance. Yeah. You know, their odds are still, you know, plus 750. So it's not like Vegas is saying they got no chance. No, it, you 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 brought up a really good point, though, how how it's going to have to transition into that run game, right? It, it's going to, you know, Leonard Fournette and, and Ronald Jones are going to have to both play, you know, pretty big roles. Le'Veon Bell maybe, okay, you know, as, as a substitute in there. But, yeah, it's just it, Tom Brady definitely elevates the players around him. We know this to be true. I think offensively they can overcome those those hurdles, but defensively, where where are they getting better? That secondary is was already decimated. They're they're just getting torched left and right. You know they pride themselves on stopping the run, but you know the Jets still were able to move the, the ball up and down the field. If the Bucks were playing on the road, I couldn't have any confidence in them, even even though they have the greatest of all time uh, back there. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious where what we'll see from them. But would you say the Packers are the the leader by far in terms of any team to win the uh, the Super Bowl? Yeah, to, well, to win the Super Bowl, yes. I but you know what? I wouldn't say by far. I I still just think you know the, the Packers can 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 be can be had right. Obviously, Lambeau Field's a tough place to play, but you know what? Given a neutral site, right, like the Super Bowl, uh, yeah, a, a, t- a hot team out of the AFC Chiefs, you know, uh, of that variety. I easily could could beat the Packers. I, you know, Aaron Rodgers has had an amazing season. Um, but you know what? They're not invincible either. For every everyone's kind of just mentally penciling them in as as the alpha, the the, the team to beat right now. But I want to say not so fast, right? This is the NFL. Any given Sunday, what if, what if the Packers show a little bit of rust in the playoffs? What could that could that happen? Certainly could. I think uh, an interesting um, thing I was thinking about uh, before the podcast. I think this could be Aaron Rodgers' last NFL season. Um, I think that's really a hot take, and it's it's something a lot of people aren't really thinking about. We obviously think, you know, he might move on, but think about Rodgers. He's said in the past he really loved when quarterbacks and players played for one franchise his whole their whole career, and he's never wanted a farewell tour. So this has never been a guy that wants, you know, that Kobe Bryant or the big Ben Roethlisberger. I was just listening to him on the Pat McAfee show. He was even saying he doesn't want that farewell tour. He doesn't. He doesn't want that. He just wants to, you know, leave when his times, you know, when he when he wants to. And if they win the Super Bowl, would not be surprised if he just retires on top. That's mm. a total Aaron Rodgers thing to do. He's a little bit cocky. He has a personality, and it just feels like something. He retires just on top, just rides off into the sunset. I don't know. I'm just saying, if it happens, don't say. I'm not saying I called it. But I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if we see at the end of the year that Aaron Rodgers hangs up, hangs it up. So enjoy it now because we really don't know what to expect from him this offseason. Yeah, Rodgers is one of those players, you know, that, that they could have prospects beyond football, which which is also a motivating factor. You know, we've seen him host Jeopardy and, and things like that, obviously, his commercials. Aaron Rodgers is a pretty charismatic guy, you know, love him or hate him. He's he's he will be on your television screen. So I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, you know, kind of retiring in the prime of his career might 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 be wild, and a lot of people will be you know left shaking their heads. But we've seen players do it before, so you know what? It, it's not so so crazy if they were to win it. Yeah, I mean, he would be coming off probably two back to back MVPs. So, and then a yeah. potential Super Bowl trophy. I don't know. It's hard to hard to retire better than that going out on top. So it's a spicy take. Love it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's going to, we're going to see how it plays out, but that's going to do it for the podcast. We appreciate you for tuning in. If you are new to the channel, you enjoy the whole video. We would appreciate if you click that like button, subscribe to the channel down below. Appreciate you guys for tuning into the weekly podcast. We will be back again next Wednesday to talk about whatever you guys want to hear. 
And we'll talk about, obviously, the college football playoff. We'll be able to recap to that. We'll be able to talk about that last regular season of the NFL and a lot more what to expect in the postseason. So appreciate you guys for tuning in. This has been Austin for Logan. We'll catch you guys again next week. And, of course, stay safe. Have a great new year. We're going to do great things this year. So stay tuned for all the stuff we got planned for the channel. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out.